Good morning, everyone, and a very warm welcome to morning worship. As always, a special welcome to members of our family and friends joining us from all across the country and around the world. Our service this morning will be led by our minister, Katrina, but we'll also hear the voices of Ian and Elizabeth, Paul F., Brian and Grace. And as we sing along with ourselves, we'll hear Paul on keyboard, Yang Yang on violin, Neil on trumpet, Ailey on flute, the Thorn Tree Primary School Choir, and solos from Katrina H. and Holly. And in a few minutes, Nikan and Nikia will be lighting our candle, and we are all invited to have a candle of our own ready to light at the same time in just a couple of minutes. As you know, this is a communion service, so uh, please have something nearby to eat and drink when we get to that point in the service. Just a wee reminder for the members of the specification group that there is a meeting immediately after this service. So stay in the big meeting when you come back from your breakout rooms and we will meet as soon as we can. And then just a reminder to parents that at 4.30 this afternoon, the Bible class will meet on Zoom. So look out for the invitation for Bible class. Then at 7pm this evening, we gather for our joint evening service on Zoom, when Katrina will lead our reflections on the theme, A Quiet Christmas, which will also include a simple communion. Our daily Advent reflections, a picture, a poem and a prayer, will continue from Monday to Friday at 9pm on Zoom this week. It's just 15 minutes to pause at the end of the day, and those of us who've been part of it so far have greatly appreciated it. Please do join in if you would like to. Um, it's the same invitation for all of the reflections right through Advent. So if you dig out the email from me that's got invitation to Advent reflections, you'll find your invite there. Just a brief word of thanks to everyone who contributed to our Christian Aid Christmas Appeal we reached a total of £1,290 together, and this will make a huge difference to working with people in the poorest parts of our world who are also uh, suffering the challenge of coronavirus just now. If you didn't get an email from me with the December uh, church magazine attached, just drop me an email and I'll send it to you. It covers both December and January, and therefore contains all the details of our Advent and Christmas special services and events. So do make sure you've got a copy. And then just some items of family news. Um, we were very sorry to hear of two families who've been bereaved. Um, we were very sad to hear that Sylvia's dad died last month. And Sylvia, we are all thinking of you and of your family, especially because you're so far from them at this time. And that just is an, an added difficulty, we know, uh, at what is already a sad time for you and for all of your family. And Holly, we were very sorry too to hear that your uncle died last night. And again, the distances involved mean it's so difficult for your family, especially your dad. Um, and so we think of you all and we ask God's blessing upon you. And then some lovely news, and this is the way it always is, isn't it, that we, we weep together and we laugh together. We want to say a very happy birthday to two of our members today, to Freya, happy birthday Freya, and to Leo, who's 21 today, happy birthday Leo, and so we wish you all, both of you, a very happy birthday. And I hope that you can enjoy some time with your family. And just a wee special congratulations to Neil Kennedy, if, if you haven't managed to have a look at the YouTube link that I sent out yesterday, you really have to do that. Neil, we've no idea how you achieved this cameo role uh, in a music video, but I have to say it was just brilliant to see. So congratulations, Neil, and I really hope uh, that it will do well for uh, the friends of Anita and Neil who uh, wrote the song and recorded it. Next Sunday at 11am is our nativity service, which will be led by the children and the staff of the Sunday School. And Emma wants me to thank all the families that have already sent videos. I think we've just got two families left to hear from. And if you could send your videos as soon as possible to Beth, that would be great. 
And then at 7 p.m. next Sunday, Christine Green will lead our joint service for the third Sunday in Advent. But now it's over to Nikan and Nikiar to light our candle. As we continue our Advert journey this year, we ask God to give us the courage to love. Your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. You keep safe people and animals. How pressure is your never-ending love. We find safety under the shadow of your wings. So as we prepare the way for the Lord, let us pray. Loving God, in this season of preparation, as we focus our hearts and minds on the season of Advent, as we make our homes ready for the celebration of Christmas, we are glad to take this time to slow down and rest, to become more aware of your presence. Comforting God, as we look back over the week just past, it is the case for some that there have been times of sadness. And it may also be the case that there have been actions or words we wish that had not been, or in action or silence that we now recognise as opportunity missed. As we grieve, as we lament, as we confess, and as we seek your forgiveness, comfort us with your love. Joyful God, as we call to mind bright moments in the past week, the news items that brought us hope, the funny moment that made us laugh, the surprise that delighted us, a kind word or an unexpected smile that lifted our spirits. As we call these to mind, enthuse us with your joy. Loving, comforting, joyful God, on this second Sunday of Advent, accept our praises and gladden our hearts, for we pray in the name of Christ. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. 
How wonderful, some Welsh and some English simultaneously. Beautiful, thank you so much. A lovely surprise for me to hear that this morning. So hopefully, um, you may already have opened it and that's fine, but hopefully you have a second envelope. Some of you may have it with you, some of you may not. It doesn't really matter either way. But today we get to open the second envelope from our, our Advent box. And um, they may not all be pink, but I have a pink one here. And it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. So this week, all the little gifts in the box and the prompts for thought are around the theme of love because this week we have lit the candle for love. Reading from Isaiah chapter 40. Comfort, O oh comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid. 
that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert the highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice cries, cry out, and I said, what shall I cry? All people are grass, the constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass, the grass withers, the flower fades. The word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up. Do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord comes with might and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. Let the wilderness and parched land be glad. Let the desert rejoice and burst into flower. Let it flower with fields of asphodel and let it rejoice and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon is given to it, the splendor too of Carmel and Sharon. These will see the glory of the Lord and the splendor of our God. Brace the arms that are limp. Steady the knees that give way. Say to the anxious, be strong, fear not. Your God comes to save you with his vengeance and his retribution. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame will leap like deer and the dumb shout aloud. For water will spring up in the wilderness and torrents flow in the desert. The mirage will become a pool, the thirsty land bubbling springs instead of reeds and, and rushes, grass will grow in country where wolves have their lairs. And a causeway will appear there. It will be called the way of holiness. No one unclean will pass along it and it will become a pilgrim's way and no fool will trespass upon it. No lion will come there, no savage beast go by, not one will be found there. But by that way, those the Lord has redeemed will return. The Lord's people, set free, will come back and will enter Zion with shouts of triumph, crowned with everlasting joy. Gladness and joy will come upon them while suffering and weariness flee away. 
people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onwards and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son and his name will be Emmanuel. very much to those who've read for us and thank you Paul for choosing such amazing music to help us to reflect. As long ago as my teens, which let's face it is a very long time ago now, I used to get really annoyed with a Christmas carol that began with the words, God rest ye merry gentlemen. After all, I thought as a teenager, what about the merry ladies? Or Actually, what about the merry, ordinary people? In fact, why was this about merry people? Especially because when I was a teenager, merry was a word that was quite often used to describe people who were, well, a little bit drunk rather than happy or jolly. It was some years later that I discovered that probably the correct punctuation would have been God rest ye merry, comma, gentlemen. Because 
God rest ye merry is a phrase that goes back at least as far as the 15th or 16th century and means may God grant you peace and happiness. Well, I'd still dispute the use of the word gentleman in the hymn and some contemporary hymnals have changed it to say gentle folk or even people all. But actually the idea of God blessing people with happiness and joy seems to be a good thing, an appealing thing. The tidings of comfort and joy, if you like, that the carol goes on to say. It echoes something of the hope of Advent that we thought about last week. In some of the themes for Advent, the focus for week two is the prophets. You know, those kind of wild and rather scary people in the Old Testament, most of whom were men, though some were women. And it particularly focuses on the words of these prophets that, as we look back, seem to refer to the coming of Jesus. Though, of course, hundreds and thousands of years ago, people would have heard them very differently. So this morning we heard four extracts from the book of Isaiah, as set in the Revised Common Lectionary for use in the Advent season. I'm not going to preach on any or all of them. Rather, what I've tried to do is to tease out what might be the tidings of comfort and joy to be found in each of them. The tidings of comfort and joy that just might enable us to rest merry with peace and happiness in the love of our God. Of course, if you looked at the list, you'll notice we started towards the end of the book of Isaiah and worked our way backwards. I don't think that matters. Um, if you want to get into whether there was one, two or three people called Isaiah and whether this book is a collection and what order it was created, that's fine, but that's not our purpose today. And we started in what we know as Isaiah chapter 40 with a call to the prophet to comfort God's people and to speak tenderly to them. These are dispirited people, people who are all too aware of their own shortcomings and who are living with the consequences of their past choices and decisions. And now God says there is new hope. And so they need to be encouraged and comforted as they prepare for this new age in which God's glory is going to be revealed to all people. It is quite a long passage that, that we heard from Isaiah 40, but it ends with an incredibly beautiful and tender image. A shepherd who stoops down and picks up the vulnerable baby lambs and holds them close and carries them on the journey, the journey home. And at the same time, this shepherd keeps the mother sheep close by, leading her gently so that she can see that her lambs are safe as she too undertakes that journey homeward. So perhaps this is our first tiding of comfort and joy, that God holds us close and leads us gently on the journey for which we hope. In the extract we heard from Isaiah chapter 35, we find lots and lots of references to joy and singing. And it begins with this wonderful image of the wilderness and the desert being transformed and the blossoming of, well, are they asphodel, which I had to look up uh, quickly whilst Brian was reading? Are they jonquil, which some other translations use? Or are they crocuses? as a translation that I worked with this week describes them. And I was reminded, reminded of how well, jonquil certainly and crocuses are heralds of spring, bright colours that 
delight us and, and lift our spirits or they lift my spirits anyway. But also here we see the natural world responding to God with joy and singing. So as seems to be a bit of a theme this year, we are drawn back to that idea of interconnectedness of our interconnectedness with the natural world and that all creation is capable of responding to its creator. So first the land and the plants, but next in this reading, the tongues of those who are speechless burst into songs of joy. It's a wonderfully hopeful image. And of course it carries a level of ambiguity that perhaps is helpful. Does it refer to those who were physically unable to speak, the people who were dumb in the language that we might might use? Or was it those who were unable to speak out because they lived under oppressive regimes? Probably it's both. And one day those people will not merely be heard they will sing for joy. And it's only after creation, it's only after those who have been voiceless that we hear that the people of God will also be singing because they are filled with joy and gladness as they return to their home in God. So here's a second tiding of comfort and joy. A new world order in which creation is renewed, in which all people discover their voice and in which the people of God find their way home. And all of these things result in joyful singing. Well, these are wonderful images. These are beautiful promises. But how does it become a reality? The very familiar words in Isaiah 9 and Isaiah 7 draw us to the ultimate hope. The perfect love that will stir up the deepest and most exuberant joy. Because a young woman will give birth to a baby boy. And she will give him the name God with us. And this little boy, this God who is with us, among us, as one of us, will also be known by incredible names that reflect his divinity, wisdom, compassion, faithfulness and authority. This, I think, is the third tiding of comfort and joy, that God loves the whole of creation so much that God enters it as a tiny baby with all the risks that that involves. And that this God child will establish a new world order characterised by peace and love and joy. This Advent season, we ask God to rest us merry, to grant us peace and happiness, comfort and joy. And we find that request most fully answered in the promises of a God who carries us when we are vulnerable, who stays close to us, even in the toughest of times. A God who will restore all things, forgive all things, renew all things, so that peace, love and hope will be fulfilled and exuberant joy will lead to resounding praise. So this year, may God rest us merry and bless us with tidings of comfort and joy.
message of comfort and joy that the angels brought to the shepherds more than 2,000 years ago remains true for us today. God does not stand at a distance dispassionately watching our struggles, but has come to be with us, to walk with us, and has promised never to leave us. So it is in that context that we bring to God our prayers for others and for each other. Let us pray. Loving God, we pray today that you will comfort those who mourn, especially now when it's so difficult to be close to those who are dying and those who are left behind. We pray for those in our own congregation who have recently been bereaved, for Jean for Katrina H, for Ken, for Jenny, for Sylvia, and for Holly. May they find comfort in your everlasting arms and in the promise that one day there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. And we pray that you will strengthen those who carry the heavy burden of caring for others. For doctors and nurses like Beth and Jeff, George and Holly and Ed. And for Sheila supporting her partner, John. Comfort them when the burden seems too heavy to carry. And may they sense your presence with them in a special way in those moments. And we pray for all those who put themselves at risk to care for our young people. For teachers like Paul and Liz, Heather and Elizabeth. Give them strength in this demanding task. And joy as they see children grow and flourish, even in these difficult times. We pray for those who are struggling financially in the pandemic, for those who have lost their job or fear that they will, and those who find their income much reduced 
grant them clarity of thought, a vision of a different future, and a sense of their true worth as your beloved children. BMS asks that we pray today for their action teams, those groups of young people who volunteer to spend their gap year serving in Africa, South America, Asia or Europe. May they be changed forever by the people that they meet and may they find joy in the friendships that they make and in the service of others. We are asked to pray too for former missionaries, for those who have made such a contribution to the lives of the poor around our world, often at great cost to their own families. We thank you for their willingness to go where the need was greatest. May they find comfort and joy in the knowledge that they have touched countless lives with your love. And finally, we're asked to pray for members of the BMS birthday scheme, people like ourselves who support the work of BMS. May all who have a birthday this week have a happy day. And we pray for Joan, who coordinates the birthday scheme in our church. We thank you for her dedication to the work of BMS and we ask your blessing upon her. The Baptist Union of Scotland ask for our prayers for the churches at Stranraer, Strathkendrick and Stranness. We think of the church at Stranraer based in the seeming tranquility of Dumfries and Galilee, but actually in an area of serious rural poverty, grappling with chronic problems of drug and alcohol misuse. We think of Strathkendrick in Drimmon, serving the villages around the Lake of Monteith. Again, beautiful places, but often places of isolation and loneliness for those who can't afford a car or who can no longer drive. We think of Stromness in Orkney and their young minister, Ali Heath seeking to be a blessing to their community with its unique beauty and the unique pressures of island life. May each of these church families find comfort in their support for one another and as they seek to be a force for good in their own communities. And finally, we pray for ourselves in our prayer calendar this week, we are asked to pray for four young families, for Adi, Moji, Esther and David, for Elham, Ali, Benjamin and Bardia, for Nazi, Sal, Nikan and Nikia, and for Nicola, Michael and Bobby Lee in Rossi. We pray for them and for all who find themselves on the merry-go-round of family life, with its joys and with its challenges, as well as for the children and young people of our creche, our Sunday school and our Bible class. May our children know the comfort of a secure and loving family. And may the parents know the joy of seeing their children thrive and become the people you have called them to be. And we pray too for Lilius and her family, for Alan, for Marit and Tom, and for our missionary partner Christine, as she works in the suburbs of Paris. Comfort each one as they cope with the challenges of coronavirus. And may they find joy in unexpected places this Christmas. Loving God, help each one of us to turn our prayers into action so that through our lives as well as by our prayers, your kingdom will come 
and the angel's message of comfort and joy become a reality. Amen. During his life on earth, Jesus shared lots of meals with lots of different people. Some of them were deeply religious, like Simon the Pharisee, and others were generally perceived to be sinners, like Zacchaeus the tax collector. Some were his close friends, like Mary, Martha and Lazarus and others, as far as we know, complete strangers, like the boy who handed over his loaves and fish. Some were proud and confident, enjoying the kudos of having Jesus as their house guest. And others were humble and penitent, all too aware of their own shortcomings. One person dined with him, having already agreed to betray him. And another shared that same meal, unaware that within hours he would deny having ever met Jesus. Jesus shared lots of meals with lots of people. So perhaps it's not such a surprise that he chose a, way, a meal as the way for his followers to remember him. And maybe not such a surprise that he took the story of another meal and gave it new significance. This is what happened. It was the season of Passover and Jerusalem was buzzing with people who had come up specially for the festival. Hotels were bursting at the seams Market stalls were piled high with herbs and fruit and vegetables. The temple was heaving with visitors and quite frankly, the priests were run off their feet. In a side street, at the top of a flight of stairs was a guest room and inside, everything was ready. As the shadows lengthened, and the light dimmed, they began to arrive. Now two, now three, then others, all of them a little bit furtive, watching very carefully in case they were being followed. The candles were lit and the smell of dinner wafted across the room. The rabbi smiled as his disciples took their places. He loved these men like brothers, every last one of them. They sang familiar and well-loved psalms. They prayed familiar and well-loved prayers. They savoured the roast lamb, the bitter herbs and the rich red wine.
but then it changed. Picking up the bread and praying the usual blessing, Jesus showed it to them. This, he said, represents my body. Carelessly, he tore the bread as he went on. My body, which will be broken for you and for you and for you. His gaze travelled the room, eyes looking deep into each one's soul. When you eat bread, he said, remember me. As the meal drew to its close, Jesus took one last cup of wine, the cup known as the cup of blessing. And he looked around at his friends with a mixture of joy and love and sadness. Because deep inside, he knew where this was all headed and that nothing now could stop it. Lifting up the cup again, he said, this cup stands for my blood, which is going to be spilled. And my spilled blood will be the seal of a new covenant relationship between God and people, between God and earth. In fact, between God and all creation. When you drink wine, think of this and remember me. They sang one last psalm and then each wrapping his cloak tightly around him for warmth. They made their way down the stairs and into the night. Let's pray together. God of love, we struggle to understand this story in which someone we have come to love will be betrayed and abandoned by those closest to him. And yet in them, we glimpse something of our own brokenness and our own mixed motives. Please forgive us for the countless ways we have fallen short of all you imagine for us. Please accept our thanks for the gift of that forgiveness and the new hope you give us. As we share in this memorial meal, may we be encouraged, refreshed and restored. May you rest us merry that we might continue along the Advent road to Bethlehem and then to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Jesus took bread, broke it and said, when you eat bread, remember me. So let us eat and remember. Jesus took a cup of wine and said, my blood seals the covenant between God and creation. The covenant of hope and joy and love and peace. When you drink wine, remember me. His name is called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. 
the Christ who has come, the Christ who is coming, the Christ who will come again. Amen. May the God of comfort grant us peace, love, hope and joy as we journey onwards, today and always. Amen. <laughs>